Minister Brown, like so many South Africans, you've also expressed your concern about the state of affairs at ESCOM. But how bad are things really? Well, you know, Sakina, ESCOM is probably the biggest utility in the world that provides electricity. And so it's a very, very large company with 48,000 workers. And you, you, you won't know the extent to which there are problems unless you do what I recommended, that you do a deep dive into the organization and tell us, tell us for the first time in a long time what actually sits in the organization. But I have to say that while that is happening, with the ESCOM still has to provide electricity to 95% of the population. And, and I'm pleased that throughout the kind of um, challenges facing the board, challenges facing the executive, um, just um, two days ago, ESCOM was, was able to sign um, the short-term power purchase contract that will supply another 827 megawatts um, of electricity to the grid. And as we're speaking, Medupi is already providing us with about 300 megawatts. By June, July, Medupi will provide us with 800 megawatts of electricity. So there are these challenges, but at the same time, ESCOM has to produce the electricity that we need into the future. And it's not just ESCOM. ESCOM is reliant on the Department of Energy um, to make the decisions about what the energy mix is going to be. So by when will we have the renewable energy IPPs that we can get onto the grid? By when would we have the coal IPPs? At what a time in, in this whole process will we have gas um, so that we can replace the OCGTs, which is run on diesel. And those are the two in the Cape. But it provides electricity to the whole country. Um, so we changed the diesel um, contracts to gas contracts. So it's, it's quite a, it's a complex story. But the complex story must be divided in a way into what the kind of challenges are on the board and within the company, as well as the fact that they have to continue to provide um, electricity. In fact, we speak in a period where there have been no load shedding, which means that the ESCOM is doing exactly that, is providing the resources. It's my responsibility as shareholder who I'm not in charge of ESCOM. The board is in charge of ESCOM. I'm in charge of oversight over ESCOM. And I must make sure that ESCOM has all what it needs to be able to progress into the future.
And just looking at what's been happening uh, with the board, with the executive, there's been a lot of speculation about and, um, you know, some of the reasons as to why senior executives were suspended at ESCOM, also why Zola Tsotsi had to step down. And um, there's been speculation about political interference uh, by yourself, Zola Tsotsi going out to say that you, um, as the minister, actually did not want him in that position from the onset. What are the actual uh, goings on in this regard? Sakina, it's not about an individual person. Look, I, I, I feel that a lot of what was said about me is actually quite, it's, it's personal, it's personal pain. And I mean, and I think it was just, he's eating out. The point is, I have appointed, in collaboration with the cabinet, the board, of which Zola Tsotsi was the chair. The board has come to me about a, two, a week and a half ago on a Friday, called me to an urgent meeting and told me that he, they were going to be passing a vote of no confidence in the chair because of a myriad of reasons. And key in that is the fact that he has not consulted the board. Now, these are non-executive directors, all of them, including the chair. The chair can only act on behalf of the board. You can't act on your own. Now, that's quite a serious violation. And so what I said to them was, go ahead and have continue the discussion and bring me a formal resolution. The only challenge I put to you as the board is that you keep the organization stable because we do have a challenge with electricity provision. And they left and they came back a week later to tell me that the former chair has now resigned. And I've accepted that. Um, I have to look at what will keep the board stable. Um, I am now of the opinion that I have, to, I have to strengthen the board as well um, because if the board doesn't function properly, it does have an effect on how the company functions. And the board functions on, at the behest of the shareholder. And the shareholder is government on behalf of 54 million people. So, and it's a very clear process that has to happen. And this process is governed by the Companies Act and the Memorandum of Incorporation that we have as a, depart, a shareholder department um, with, with um, the company mm. and with the board. Now, this appointment, because uh, a finance minister in Tlantlanene yesterday alluded to the fact that uh, you did actually indicate to him that you would be appointing a new board and not just replacing people in positions, but appointing a full board. Now, does this mean that uh, you have little or no confidence in the current board? Well, I, I don't know what the minister has said, but I have absolute confidence in this board. I've appointed them about two months ago. I have, and so I have absolute confidence that I have the requisite skills base on the board. What I must do 
Um, and there are about three vacancies on the board. I want to strengthen the board because it means that we can bring in. We have about four um, engineers on the board. We have CAs on the board. We have governance experts on the board. Um, we, we have all of that legal capacity on the board, but I can still do with strengthening the board. And I have to appoint the full complement of 13 members to the board. And I will do that. I've kept it um, vacant so that I can go out into the public space and search for more expertise to go onto the board. But I won't be replacing the full board. Um, the board is a young board. It has just started. And I, I mean, I had confidence enough to to appoint and to take those names to cabinet and cabinet appoints in the end um, the board. So I, I don't feel unconfident about the board. And then uh, with regard to the executives that were suspended uh, because uh, the firm that was uh, uh, appointed uh, to actually uh, look into, to probe that matter, uh, Nick Linnell's firm, uh, they are now out of the running. So uh, are you going to appoint a new firm or someone to actually drive that process? Look, that was a board process. I, I'm not very, very familiar with what happened with Nick Linnell. In fact, it's, it's terrible to say somebody's name because I, I'm sure he's himself um, quite innocent in all of this. The issue there was the fact that the chair has appointed a company without consulting the board. And that's the only problem. The second issue was that the board actually made a decision it wasn't done by a company. The board made a decision that with this deep dive investigation into the organization, they were going to ask these four members to step aside. Now, up until today, and I spoke to the board yesterday, I do not have a letter to say why these four people have been suspended. So. That must come, and, and all I've seen is what you've seen, that they've suspended the four people because oh, they want to have an unfitted deep dive into the organization. And, and that is, so that has nothing to do with the company. That actually has to do with what decisions the board have taken. So that obviously is an issue that needs to be resolved because at the moment you have, you know, an executive that is acting, uh, you, there's concerns about ESCOM's <laughs> ratings. And um, just on that score, I mean, I, I've, I've just been wondering about this. At the time when the executives were actually suspended, this was uh, just before um, the ratings agency was to issue uh, their ratings. And could that decision not have waited, Minister? Well, I'm not sure. I don't know what has happened. What I, what my interest in all of this is, and again, it's not just about individual people. The people who they have appointed in to act, because they, the board said that they wanted unfettered access to information, 
And there is a problem with credible information from ESCOM. Let me be absolutely frank about that. That's one of the issues that I've raised with the board. I've said that from one war room gathering to the next, the information is just so that it's, it's, that it's almost as if it comes from two different companies. So, in essence, the, the acting people, and that process must continue now. As you know, it's, um, a part of it is in court, um, with the CE taking ISCOM to court and so forth. That process, the board must decide on. But I am pleased that the board has not gone and put some strange people in the acting position. In the acting positions, we have engineers, people, um, CAs, with more than 14, between 14 and 20 years of experience at ISCO. So it's not as if ESCOM is rudderless. We still have a, a fully functioning um, ESCOM. But having said that, we can't have people acting for a long time. I, we, have, we have to make sure that we create the necessary, the requisite leadership within ESCOM so that we are able to run the company as we should. And uh, to the 40, mm -hmm. there are 48,000 workers in ESCOM. I'm also pleased that for and quite an extended period, we've actually had no load shedding in this time. We've had no um, plants that were going down um, at awkward moments, which means that we would have load shedding. So this company is being kept afloat. But you are absolutely right, though, that we must stabilize the, we must create, we must um, ensure that we appoint um, the right people into the positions as quickly as possible. Or the board must make decisions about what happens with the suspended um, people. Remember, the, the investigation takes three months. Mm. I mean, I only want to deep dive, and of course it won't bring us all the information, because the company is very large. But it will bring us enough information to ensure that maintenance continues, that we are able to look at the financial liquidity of ESCOM, that we look at the fact that Medupi, Kusile, and Ingula uh, no more overruns, because this costs the state billions of land. And that we are able to do remodeling um, for tariff increases. We must, we must do an economic modeling into what it would do, what it would mean for the public if we were to do that.